Good morning, friends. Hey, we are in part three of our series titled Dysfunction Junction. We're on this topic of relationships. And next week, we'll wrap this thing up, and then in two weeks, we launch into something that's incredible for the vision and future of our church. You're not going to want to miss February stuff as well, and March, and you never want to miss April, and May, and June. You get it, right? Hey, you know when Easter is this year? April Fool's Day. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. All right. But we're on relationships, dysfunction junction. This week's title, Dis the Heartache. And here's one thing I noticed that we bring into relationships. We've got two problems. Number one, we're all weird. We bring our weirdness into these relationships. I, for instance, are going to be very transparent with you on my oddities. I go to bed with socks on. Yes, there's at least one other person with me, a couple, okay? Not tall tube socks, but ankle socks. I have my own special little box that they go in. I only wear them to bed. They got to be nice and soft ankle socks. That's where they are. Don't judge me. You're weird too. (laughs) But I got it. You don't do it. Another thing I like to do is I like to sing in falsetto, just really high when I listen to worship songs. Would you like an example? Too bad. (laughs) No, I I do, though. I'm not missing a falsetto, but I do. I love trying to do that. Here's another weird thing that I do is I have an entire shelf in our bathroom dedicated to my hair products. (laughs) Any other guys, you're with me. Yeah, there's a couple. All the bald-headed guys are like, yeah, me too. I have my own shelf of hair products. I got my hairspray, got my big, it's a gel, you know, it's really cool. It's blue, it works, and uh, don't worry about it, and uh, just go to Meyer and try to figure it out, okay? And uh, I've got other things, you need some volume, you got to have the right comb and all this good stuff, but some guys are like, dude, give me your man card, you are just gone, right? Um, My wife's weird, too. I have permission on this, okay? I have permission. She's obsessed with cleaning floors. Like, all the time she's on her hands and knees wiping our floors, or she needs to vacuum or something. And my son the other day said, Mom, that's really weird. Like, it's kind of annoying. And... We have weird things that we bring into relationships. So turn to your neighbor and say, you can be weird. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're definitely weird. (laughs) We got a little more passion on that one. Here's problem number two. We bring weirdness into our relationships. Problem number two, and we talked a little bit about it last week, is we bring selfishness into our relationships. This yesterday, my Saturdays normally consist of several hours coming here and praying over things and jamming the worship music, going over the service and just seeing where God's going to lead and praying for all of you. And uh, my wife said, hey, we're going to go away. Will you tell us when you get back home, when you're all done, so we can come home? And I said, absolutely. So I did my thing here, and I left, 
And I was like, I'm kind of hungry. It's around noon. So I go to Taco Bell and get my $5 lunchbox, and I bring it home, and I decide, hmm, no one's here. I'll watch three episodes of my TV show I'm watching. And then I decided to text my wife, say, hey, I'm home. I needed some me time, and I just needed that, right? And we bring weirdness, we bring selfishness in, and that's a cocktail for dysfunction in our relationships. A little chaotic, a little brokenness, a little dysfunction and hectic. But one thing we also bring in, in the midst of all of that, is we can have some raging emotions when it comes to relationships, And in fact, psychologists have said there are like over 120 emotions, but most psychologists will say we can boil them down to eight emotions that we bring out in relationships. Here are the eight. Anger, just this fury or hostility towards someone in our relationship. Sadness, uh, there's grief and loneliness there. We have fear or worry and anxiety in our relationships. Disgust, just something deep down in your belly that you're just, you don't like. You just know something's wrong in this relationship or something I don't like because it's hurting another person. We bring shame. We have emotions of guilt and remorse or enjoyment. That idea of this relationship is so enjoyable. There's joy there and excitement. Love, which can compose of just feeling accepted or just someone is trustworthy. And then finally, surprise, which is this, man, it's just awesome. There's an amazement here. But oftentimes, if we have too many emotions, our heart and mind go in several places. You often hear people say, you're a hot mess. That's because we may have too many emotions in the one instance or one setting that we feel like these are getting the best of us in our relationships. In fact, if I can say one thing this morning and you take away anything, it would be this. Allow your emotions to serve you rather than master you. And if you're a follower of Jesus, there should only be one master and his name is Jesus Christ. But far too often, because we're broken, we're weird, we are selfish, we bring oddities into relationships, we allow our emotions to get the best of us. We allow our emotions to master us rather than serve us. So this morning, before we jump in, and we're going to jump into the Newer Testament book, James, and it's the half-brother of Jesus, I want to pray for us before we look into that. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to lift up anyone in this room this morning who considers themselves to be a follower of Jesus. I pray that you would challenge us in a good way, that you begin to just work on our hearts and chisel out anything this morning that does not look like your son, Jesus. May your Holy Spirit just move within us. I pray for those who have not confessed you as Lord and Savior of their life yet, who are just kicking the tires on this God thing. I pray that you would just stir something inside of them. Just begin to reveal yourself. Because there is nothing in the world like following your son, Jesus Christ. So I pray you would stir in all of us this morning. May we receive your word. And we ask this in the, Jesus, in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone together said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to, this morning, before we jump into James, I want to break down two things, two ways that we can put into practice on to allow our emotions 
to serve us rather than master us. Here's the first. The first step in our lives is we got to look within. Look where? Look within. Here's what James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes in James chapter 4. This is what he says. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? James is saying, in other words, do you have fighting in your family? You have arguing kids and parents to child. Are you arguing it with coworkers and your boss? Are you arguing with classmates? Is there fighting within your relationships? And if there is, oftentimes we like to put, play the blame game. It's your fault. They did this to me. This is why we're fighting, because they're not willing to move yet. But James continues, don't they come from the evil desires at war where? Within you. Within you. Why do we fight? Because we've got to look within our heart. And James says, you know what? The greatest war zone in your life may not be the war zone that's in the kitchen. It's the war zone in your own heart. You got to be careful. You want to know why we fight? Because your heart, there's evil desires at war within you. We have to look within. In fact, there's this lady that went to uh, work every day, commuted to work every day, had to get on the highway, but she had to get up to speed, and she couldn't figure out why in the world was her speed at 40 mile an hour all the time going to work. So she finally decided, hey, I should take this into a mechanic and see what's wrong with my car. This is not right. There should be other things happening that should be higher than 40 miles an hour. And the mechanic began to look within. He popped open the hood and began to look within and found something amazing within her air filter that allows the air to get into the engine. This is what the mechanic found. And nuts. Nuts. And you're sitting there going, the mechanic was shocked, like, this is why the car will only go 40 miles an hour. You're not getting enough air intake in there. And in fact, here's the mechanic holding the bag of three pounds of nuts he pulled out of her engine. And he's like, how does this happen? So she began to do, think about, why would there be three pounds of nuts in my engine? And she said, oh, I begin to feed the birds in my backyard nuts. And there's this master ninja squirrel that's out there <laughs> collecting all the nuts for winter and storing it in her engine. But she didn't know until you got under the hood and looked within can I just be honest for a minute? We're a little crazy under the hood. We got to say, God, you need to reveal stuff within me. I got to begin to look within. In fact, Paul writes in Galatians to the church in this region of Galatia, Paul who hated Jesus, fell in love with Jesus, was a missionary, and he writes this about us, within us, what's happening within. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. 
In other words, Paul's saying, listen, you have a flesh side and a spirit side, and they're at war within you. Your flesh wants to do one thing, but your spirit wants to do another thing, and they are battling each other within you. And then he writes, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Friends, we got to really look within. When was the last time you sat back and allowed God to look in within? The last time you just said, God, your Holy Spirit just needs to come and rest on my heart and really figure out what's going in here. Because if not, we're bringing our broken heart. We're bringing our sinful heart. We're bringing things that are damaging our hearts into our relationships. You got to look within. And I think for many of us, we may be scared. We're scared to actually find out what's really inside. We've been masking it for far too long. We've been just opening the rug and just shoving it underneath and masking it and saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. When's the last time you really sat down and said, God, you got to reveal stuff because I'm not doing well. In fact, there's a pastor by the name of Peter Scazzaro. He's a phenomenal pastor, but he realized he had his own awakening in his life. He's a pastor of church of over several thousands of people. And he, what he noticed is in his life, he knew Jesus, he knew the word, he brought it to the thousands of people every morning on stage, but he got home and realized his home life was almost like hell on earth in his home. He didn't understand why he was in constant conflict with his wife and with his kids. And then God began to reveal things within him. He began to realize how important it is to know the Bible, to pray, to live it out, to follow Jesus. But he understood that he wasn't living that out at home. Instead, at, at home, what he was doing is living out the environment he grew up in. He realized as a kid, his entire environment was conflict. And he wanted to break that, but he didn't. And he wrote a book, a phenomenal book, and here's a quote from his book. It's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He says this, Our relationship with God and relationship with others are two sides of the same coin. Emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable it is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. We got to look within. We don't just got to grow spiritually, we got to grow emotionally. If not, our emotions will master us and not serve us. This is why you can look at the world today and there are believers who follow Jesus who have everything together. They read the Bible, they pray, but they are some of the most unloving, unforgiving people, unjoyful people you ever will be around. And you're sitting there going, why? Because you're supposed to be transformed by Jesus Christ in your life. They may be spiritually mature, but they're emotionally immature. I remember in seminary, I was taking a class and I used to be a very aggressive driver, like NASCAR address, aggressive, like, baby, if you're not going, I'm on your bumper, right? Don't you dare cut me off. And I remember the professor speaking into this saying, it's called emotional intelligence. How emotionally intelligent are we? And then he realized in that moment, 
I was allowing my emotions to master me and not serve me, just even in driving. You grow spiritually, you grow emotionally. Our emotions will master us. So the first thing we do is look within. Turn to someone around you and say, look within. If we want our emotions to serve us rather than master us, James says you got to look within. Here's the second thing, our last step into being able to allow this to happen in our lives is we got to guard your heart. Guard your what? And if you've been around church, you probably know exactly what verse I'm going to next. I think this is a verse that if you grew up in church, you know it, you memorize it, but I don't know how often we actually live this verse out. Here's what it says, Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, you know what that means in the Hebrew? Above all else, above everything, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything, all your actions, everything you do in life, how you love, how you forgive, how you relate to each other flows from the heart of you. And the writer of Proverbs says, above everything, above your finances, above your sunscreen, above your family, you have to guard your heart above everything. You know what I think our issue is with this? I think we guard everything above our heart. We will look at nutrition labels on all the food that we eat and count our calories and count everything. And my wife has to eat gluten-free, and so we, we, we watch that and everything. And, and I get it, so I'm there. Please hear me out. But we'll watch that, but we'll allow grumbling to creep into our heart. We'll watch and wear Fitbits and Apple Watches and begin to count how many steps are we taking to make sure all of our activity is good, but we, we allow unforgiveness to creep in. We'll allow bitterness to take root in our heart. We'll be unloving. We're not guarding our heart. We'll lather sunscreen, SPF 30, just to be out in the sun for seven hours during the summer. And we'll guard our kids so tightly and hover above them. But we let some of the most toxic things into our heart. We got to guard our heart for everything. The heart is the wellspring of life. And your hope, your love, your life flows out of it. My question is, have you been guarding your heart? It's not so easy. Because we enter into relationship with people and we allow them to break it. We allow them to do things to our heart and Proverbs writers saying, please guard it. You've got to guard your heart. James writes a little playbook. This is what James 4, 7 says. If you want to guard your heart, you want to live everything out and looking within in your heart. Look at what James says. He gives us a playbook. So what's these two words? So, in everything before James 4, he's, he's talking about looking within. We've got evil desires. So, humble yourselves before God. 
You want to beat the heart issue? Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil is afraid of the power of Jesus in your life. Live that out. He has no authority. Live this out, friends. James says, humble yourself, resist the devil. And in James verse 8, he says, come close to God. And God's promise, he will draw near to you. James saying, the matter of the heart is, I have a playbook for your heart. Humble yourselves, resist the devil, and come close to God. You want a healthy heart and relationships? Do those three things. And guys, can I speak to you for a minute? Sometimes humility is hard because we allow pride to get in the way. We're prideful by nature. And we just got to say, God, you got to look in my heart. Help me guard it better. Because I'm sick of this arguing. I'm sick of this grumbling. I'm sick of everything I'm bringing into my relationships. I want to close with one question. Then we're going to do something a little different. But I want to close with a question. How's your heart? How's your heart? Another way to put this is, how's your soul? We have staff meetings on Tuesday mornings, and that's my question to staff. How's your soul? And we get real, we get transparent with one another. About four, five, maybe six weeks ago, I asked the question to staff in my office, how's our soul? Out of the seven, six of us said not well. One said neutral. But we would have never known to pray for each other if we never asked that question. Do you think we can come in on Sunday morning and try to worship God but realizing our hearts are absolutely full of unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and sadness with pain and deep down we just need someone to ask us how's your heart? I'm going to give us an opportunity this morning. The team's going to lead us in a song. Come, oh, come to the altar. We're going to have prayer partners up front for you. Harry and Karen Metzger, Pastor Patricia, Pastor Brandon, we'll, we'll have two over there, two over there. There's, you'll see the black couches are for you. If you just need to come and say, you know what? My heart's not well. I just need prayer this morning. Everything you say will be confidential. I won't even hear what it was shared. But we want to open up to have people ready to pray for you. Because with a room this size full of this many people, I'm sure some of us are saying, it's not well. It's not well. The altar up front's open as well. We've got the kneelers, padded kneelers down there. If you just need to pour out 
to God. It's just you and God. I could use prayer, but I'm a little embarrassed. I just need to come down and just pour my heart to God. And I want to speak into one more thing before we do this. Because I know human nature, and human nature right now is saying, I need this, but I'm embarrassed to come forward. I would be the first one signed up to come and have people pray for me. Don't feel embarrassed. I think God actually has a smile on his face when we move. And this church is a place where it's okay not to be okay. But we got to move towards being okay. Allow the Holy Spirit to just speak into your heart and mold it right now. My encouragement is move. Will you please stand and Harry and Karen and Pastor Patricia and Pastor Brennan, will you just go to your spots? And let's just have a time of just crying out to God in this moment. How's your heart?